by taking you through the steps and trusting the process. I got there after my first year. Hey everyone, and welcome to RCA's new business culture podcast series. My name is Rob Arnold, founder of RCA. This podcast is all about learning from those in business who have shaped world-class business cultures, how they did it, and what they faced along the way in building these great cultures. We look forward to sharing their insights, tips, and tricks with you. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Scotty Fraser, one of South Africa's leading financial advisors. Scotty and his team have built up an impressive client base over the last seven years. More significantly though, is his story of how he got to where he is today. He generously shares a rather personal journey with us in this podcast. Thanks also to our friends at Spaces for providing the venue for this interview. Scotty, lovely to have you here, my man. Thank you for your time. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have you on our podcast journey. Um, and I think what is what I'm very much looking forward to, I think, is what you've done over a certain amount of time in growing your individual brand, and we'll get onto that a bit later. But I think to start with, um, for our listeners, just, just to get a bit of context as to your story and where things started and where you're now. Cheers, Rob. Anytime. Um, so my journey started, uh, I got the opportunity to go overseas, straight out of university at Marty's. So I went and did my gap year, which was pretty addictive. I ended up doing six of them, skiing, skiing in the winter and playing cricket in Amsterdam in the, in the summer. But then at the age of 25, you kind of think, okay, time to grow up. I came back here, set up shop in Cape Town. I had some euros. I got a job to kind of have a job and pursue this idea of Jerry Maguire, you know, sports sponsorship, athlete management, which I loved. But then in one month, my whole world flipped upside down. I, um, the, the job I had said, don't come Monday, we're restructuring. A landlord had sold the place. I had to be out the flat at the end of the month. A uh, girlfriend of three years broke up with me out the blue. Um, I punctured two tires on my car. Sure. You know, you've only got one spare tire in the back. Um, I broke my cricket bat, which yeah. was a tragedy for, for a sportsman. Mm-hmm. But all of those were so insignificant because on the 11th of the 11th, 2011, my dad had a stroke. So suddenly that was real. I can get a new girlfriend, a new house, a new job. My dad did survive. Mm-hmm. However, he, he was bedridden. Uh, he couldn't speak, he couldn't swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of think, all right, well, he's in hospital. Does he even have medical aid? Okay, yeah, we got medical aid. And then you're calling all pockets. What does he have? What, what, what? Once we had gathered everything, that was our reality. Mm-hmm. You know, and now how do we move forward? Shortly after that, I got involved in the financial services industry, you know, because now I'm dealing with medical aid, I'm dealing with insurance. You know, how do retirement annuities pay out and, and, and? It gave me seven years because, you know, the old school group benefits of you retire at 65, you live on your retirement until you're 70 and then you die. Mm. That narrative isn't relevant anymore, but in seven years' time, my dad was going to be 65. Mm. So now what? Okay, I've got absolute purpose and clarity. Get involved so that I can help my mum and share the story that I'm chatting about now to others and help them understand the, the mystery of 
insurance. And uh, how else do you do it? You go to someone you know in the industry and say, please teach me, please mentor me, please show me as a predictable journey as possible because working backwards from seven years down to now, sure. you know, how do you take on an extra expense of X per month over and above what you're currently li living on? Okay, well, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And after the first year, I was 20 rand out. Sure. Yeah, so I thought, okay, well, there's my belief. Yeah. They said to me, go out and have coffee with people. I said, really? Is that it? That's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. However, the topic is not easy. You know, to talk about insurance and cancer and mm -hmm. the emotional stuff isn't easy because mm -hmm. you're carrying baggage. And I said, I don't care. I've got my story because it's first-hand example. Yeah. And what, I'm seven years later, I'm still doing it and loving it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very authentic uh, beginning to, to that part of your life or that journey. Mm. Yeah, it really was. Um, look, another learning point was <coughs> the, you know, you get the training and the, the accreditation, all that is quite narrow-minded. Yeah. Um, and guess what? That's what you taught. That's what you're going to do. Mm. So I went and did it and it served me well. Mm. However, industries evolve, no matter what industry. This one was evolving. And I only learned the lesson on... Yeah, look, it was almost five years later that my dad passed, um, which, you know, pros and cons, it gave us five years to get his ducks in a row, mm. to structure his finances correctly, which is exactly what I do now with clients, sure. is structure their stuff now correctly in the good times. Yeah. So um, that learning point came uh, on the 21st of December when I did my planning because my dad's life cover paid out to my mom and uh, I had to say, all right, mom, this money now has to last 10 years, 15 years, mm -hmm. you're 57 years old. It's got to last forever. Yeah. Um, so I did my planning as best I knew mm -hmm. how, but I just thought, oh, I need some reassurance. Let me ask one person who knows investments mm -hmm. better than anyone, Daniel. So I said, Dan, please have a look at my, my calculations here. And he said, why this, why that? And dissected it pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. And so, so simply, mm -hmm. I said, Dan, tell you what, like the watch, I don't need to know the mechanics of a watch. Just tell me the time. I trust you implicitly. You have it. You invest it. Look after my mom. That's it. And that was the catalyst of our partnership now, okay. where we specialized. Cool. Yeah, we'll chat about that in a little bit, uh, a little bit later. But it's, it's obviously been a journey of, ups and downs in those seven years or you know in terms of the that part of your life now um speak to us about some of those those moments along the way that have really you know taught you possibly the most from from the last seven years you know what have what have been some of those occurrences i guess that have really uh, allowed you to to go to the next level in terms of things that have happened um i think stage of life is an important one you know you you're 25, you're starting out with all your mates. Uh, again, that association. Yeah. You know, if you're associating yourself with all your mates, you play cricket and hockey and yeah. you're jawling with, at that stage of your life, that's what you're operating in. Mm -hmm. But as we've grown and got older, you know, those guys can now afford a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they've bought a house, they've got married, they've had kids. So suddenly you do have to structure it accordingly and yeah. the, the well, how do I put it? The earning capacity is better yeah. because guys can invest more mm -hmm. and yeah. then word of mouth gets around 
So it's essentially, I guess, about understanding your your client, your customer, in their, I suppose, in the context of their life journey and knowing where where they are at that given time. I suppose when it comes to, you know, your recommendations and yeah, and just being there really. Mm. You know, you stay in touch. You don't mm. nowadays with technology, you can't hide. Yeah, it's so transparent. So embrace it. Yeah. It's great. You're there for your client. If he messages you, he phones you, emails you, if he likes your Facebook post, that's cool. You stay in touch. Sure. Yeah. Mm. And tell me, as, as your, your client um, base has grown and you guys have um, become more and more of a force in the market, uh, how have you been able to keep that, um, that personalized service and that, I suppose, keeping tabs on, it on, on your growing client base? What's, what's been your sort of strategy with that? Um, look, the industry is wanting us to stay in touch more with our clients. Mm. Um, you have to, almost compulsory, and, and for yeah. compliance, you've got to do your annual reviews. Yes. Um, again, it comes down to technology. Yeah. You can stay in touch with, you know, the old, the old days of sitting down for an hour every morning and making phone calls. Mm. You know, of the 10 people you phone, two of them answer your phone call. Yeah. And then you go, well, I've just wasted an hour. I've spoken to two people and neither of them want to have a meeting. Well, now what? Mm. Whereas you can send out a, me- a message on email to 100 people yeah. and wait for them to reply. And when they reply, then you know that they're online. You can do it on WhatsApp. You can do it on um, social media, any platform really, where you can just say, hi, guys, as a blanket. Mm. Who's available this week? And they will message you at their convenience. Yeah. Okay, so it's about being being a bit more smart about the process as well. Mm. Okay, um, you've and what I've admired about you over the last um, last decade or so is the fact that you've built you've built a very strong personal brand. You've kind of been very conscious about how what it takes to sort of build up that um, that reputation amongst a growing network. Any any tips and, and tricks that you can share with with our listeners as to I suppose what you followed over that time to build that that audience and what what you sort of executed upon. Uh, I, before Facebook, before social media, yeah. and I was doing my seven years living abroad. Yeah. It was so cool to stay in touch with mom and dad mm. and and my sister, and of course that email that went out was almost like a journal entry. Yeah. Hey, this is what I did today with cricket and skiing, and these are the people who I met. You know, I was fortunate to meet affluent South Africans mm. who could afford a skiing holiday and they're there with their family, no work stress, enjoying themselves. Yeah. So what you add them to the emailing list, mm. the email list, and then you email them what you're up to and then it's evolved onto Facebook and then you, hey, I remember you and then you've got the memory and the shared experience of a skiing holiday and yes. then, you know, whatever you experience together, that's your commonality. Yeah. So then that commonality and the, again, I'm doing well, so I want you to do well. Yes. And then yeah. a rising tide lifts all ships. 100%. Yeah. So you've kind of just done that incrementally over... Yeah. So it's, uh, maybe I've taken it for granted, but I, I chat to guys. Uh, there's a lot of positivity. I want you to do well so that I can do well, so yeah. that we all do well and enjoy life. It's interesting because, you know, I find that you're quite courageous in that sense. You, you, you are quite willing to, to reach out to people. Whereas I think, and I'm speaking generally, but a lot of people are quite hesitant for, I suppose, many things, fear of rejection, fear of whatever. Um, is that just something that's inherent in your personality or do you think it's... Yeah, I think so. 
you know, my, you learn a lot from your parents hosting dinner parties and bras on the weekends, mm -hmm. how they interact with their friends and, and randoms, cheapers. There were random people that came to the house. Yeah. And who, who are these people, mum, who are these guys, dad? Yes. You've got to get to know them, know their name, interact with them. So it was probably ingrained in me from a young age. And also, like, I, I care. Yeah, sure. I think that's an underlying key part of it is, just, is bringing across that you actually do, do care. Because I think there's a lot of people, which brings me on to my next question, which is, you know, trying to establish trust today is a difficult thing because of the number of companies, individuals, etc. out there that are sort of in it for, their, for more for their personal gain than for the gain of the, the client or the customer. How do, you know, in your business, establishing trust is obviously key in terms of guys going down the road with you. What do you think is key to, to that? Um, Communication. Mm -hmm. um, asking tough questions now up front rather than having to battle them if there's an unforeseen incident. Yeah. So you tackle tough questions now. Um, yeah, it's the communication, I mm -hmm. guess. You're there for them anytime. You're always online, so you can't hide. Yeah. Um, you want to resolve it as best you can. So if it's in your capacity, then you go and do it. Mm. One of the things I think that you guys, between yourself and Dan, really do well is, is, is responsiveness. Because, you know, depending on who you contact these days, you know, that's, it's not always as responsive as you'd like it. But I think something which I've always admired about what you guys do is how, how responsive you are to when a client is needing something or wants to get in, in touch or, you know, these days we always sort of tend to be last minuteers and you need something straight away and as Murphy's Law would have it sometimes then, you know, you've got 10, 15, 20 people wanting something at the same time, so. Yeah, it's, it's true, um, it, it happens. Um, but again, if you can manage the expectation, um, you get an email and you can see it's quite in depth you might need to outsource some answers or, or feedback from an institution. And you know an institution is not going to work as uh, smoothly or as, as quickly as you can. So, hey, I've got your email. Um, acknowledge it. Mm. I'll get back to you maybe three or four days. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, sets a precedent. Don't harass me every hour. Yeah. And then they'll come back. Okay, cool. That's. But again, it's communication. Yeah. Um, managing uh, the expectations. Yeah. Um, Scotty, you're a you're a big sporting fan, a fan of, of the sports field. Oh, too much. Too much. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons from uh, from the sports fields that one can take into the working world. Um, listen to to Rake in our previous one of our previous episodes on that topic, and it was interesting from the pool into the working world what what the lessons were there. Mm. Um, and in your case, on the hockey field into into the into the working world, speak to us about how team sport is helped you in that sense? Um, the, the idea of you know, practices and training and discipline and uh, a mentor and a coach saying to you, if you do this, this is the result. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that was straightforward and simple. So when I joined the industry, I said to the guys, I've got seven years, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. By taking you through the steps and trusting the process, I got there after my first year. You know, mm -hmm. I'm 20 rand out over an entire year yeah. from what I need. Yeah. Wow, how predictable is that? So now that was a lesson in itself. So I thought, okay, well, commit to the process, trust the process. Um, if you put a, a stake in the sand and say, right, there's my deadline, which for me was seven years. Mm. You know, seven years, mom and dad are on zero money. That's a massive 
realization. Mm. And it hit, it hit home because I can't pay for that. Yeah. But I know if I continue with what I'm doing, in seven years I can. And then, you know, five years after the dad's death, you know, and you partner up with someone who dissected your investments because he is a specialist in investments. Mm. Well, hang on. Why don't you do all my investments? So now you're starting to specialize, which again comes back to my sport. You know, you're a batsman. You can't bowl. You're a batsman. So stick to batting. Sure. You know, you're a wicket keeper. That's a unique position. Yeah. Um, stick to it. So those kind of specializations, I call yeah. it that, said, well, I know insurance better than most. Yeah. Um, and it's proven. So why don't I just do that? Yeah. And that's where the... The partnership with Dan's come into play. He's the best at investments. I'm the best at insurance. So there we go. Then you've got someone who's the best administration office PA. Sure. Cool. She does that for us. Yeah. You've got, you outsource the short-term stuff. Okay, cool. We've got a short-term. So now you're surrounded by a team, mm. sports team, yeah. of competent people. What, what has it been like pre that decision to specialize and have guys do specific things? Um, compared to now where you, you know, previously where you had to do a lot of it yourself and now you've got that support structure. What, what, what's, what's the difference been like for you? What has what a typical day felt like pre and post? You know what's quite cool? Because we're all on the same communication. Yeah. You know, we know what each other are doing. Mm. It's almost like you're surrounded by four or five PAs mm. because you just, you are the air traffic controller You've got the relationship with the client, so you you know who's working on what. Yeah. But the client entrusts you to make sure that it happens. Okay. So you've got, hey, Dan, sort this out. Hey, Shanice, sort this out. And, you know, at the company, we've got different pillars. Yeah. We've got a medical aid team. We've got a, um, a para planning team. We've got an investment team. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, again. Yeah. It just, it's, it seems, and assuming here, a bit of, uh, I suppose experience on our front but it, it seems like once you get into that way of doing things your uh, your quality of work is obviously just so much better as well you're uh, just purely through the fact that you have more time to focus on what you're best at it mm. just makes things that much um, that much more specialized I'm interested to also know I mean you've you've had the pleasure and benefit of working and being surrounded by a lot of um, individuals who have done very well for themselves or are starting to do very well for themselves, I suppose quite a cross-section of people. Have you noticed any common threads or common traits of people you know, within your client base that you go, I really want to be more like that? Or you know, any, any attributes of, of people or individuals that, that you really admire or that link to success in whatever field they might be in? You're right, it's vast out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're dealing with so many um, social dynamics, different personalities, you know, and it isn't a blanket approach, you mm-hmm. do. But I'd say a, a common thread is we all share emotions. You know, we all share love, we all share anger, we all share um, sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the humanitarian way. Yeah. So on that, I think there's a connection. Um, You've got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. You've got a past. You've got a history. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got baggage. Different degrees of severity. And it's maybe your reaction to it. You know, I think from my story, uh, it's given me a scale of what's significant mm-hmm. and what you can laugh off. You know, what is really like petty. Yeah. 
um, which isn't the right way, but it's my way. And I try to get that across and I share it and people share theirs. Mm -hmm. So maybe that could build up the trust. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then, you know, when you, when you are introducing it to your business partner or to your wife or anyone, it's an extension of your reputation. Mm. So I won't just hand out willy-nilly contacts and that because you want to be able to trust your reputation in someone else's hands. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you've got to be careful with that, especially uh, the world is a small place these days. It's, um, yeah, global citizens. Absolutely. You know, what's also interesting is, is your, you know, your path and your journey has meant that work and uh, I guess the rest of life is quite closely intertwined you know your hours of work sometimes must be you know not perhaps as set as as someone who's an eight to five is that the case or have you had managed to find quite a clear sort of work-life balance or whatever the cliche is that people like to use? a day in the life <laughs> Monday to Friday maybe that's a good way to look at it what's the typical day in, in Scotty's uh well look um I think a massive commodity of this industry and what we do is the freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. I can choose to work as hard or as slack as I want to. Mm -hmm. um, it's ingrained in me that I need to do stuff, otherwise I'm going to get bored, which always happens over the festive season because mm -hmm. there's no one to have coffee with. Um, however, I like to get up early. Mm -hmm. um, I've got purpose, so get out and go and do it a little bit of training in the morning mm -hmm. because things happen in life and I'm not going to do it in the afternoon yeah. or in the evening. Um, you know, you've got the, the office on the iPad, so you've got all the forms, all the documents, all that you need yeah. for a meeting, whether it's a spontaneous meeting at a coffee shop, you bump into someone, oh, you know what, I need your ID. Don't worry, we've got it. Yeah. Sort you. But I mean, that, that also means that you, you, you you're for the most part, prepared for, for everything. I think that even though you travel light, you're always prepared in, in that sense, which mm. is, uh, I think, a lesson for a lot of people. A lot of people will go to meetings these days and think, you know, uh, you know, I don't need to prepare too much. But something I've always noticed about you is, is when you're at that meeting, you're, you're focused on what that particular um, client or, or problem set might be, you know, which is, I think, not in scarce commodity these days. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I do, I engage. I engage 100% for that half an hour that we're together or even if it is five minutes together on a particular topic, I engage because life happens and I might forget by lunchtime. Yeah. So I do it there and then. And then I know it's done because I'm accountable to you. You know, I've put my trust in you, you put your trust in me, I'm gonna make it happen. Mm. So I do it there and then, otherwise I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna forget. Yeah, absolutely. So, so to continue the, the typical day in Scotty's uh, life and I guess that work-life balance, do you, uh, do you find that, that there's a, for you is there a clear distinction between when you're working and when it's time with the loved ones or is, is it sometimes a bit of a compromise? Um, no, not necessarily. I think um, my life and my work are entwined. It's the same. Uh, I know some people might have a separate account mm. on Facebook or a separate cell phone number for mm. business and it's the same. I am who I am. You know, if I'm talking rugby with you, I'm talking rugby. If I'm talking cancer, I'm talking cancer. But it doesn't matter. I am Scott and you're Rob mm -hmm. and we are talking about different topics and it's authentic. Yeah. Um, when I do go home, uh, to me it is almost a, a sanctuary mm -hmm. where I do I plug in and recharge. 
you know, I, I can turn off if need be, mm-hmm. because I know within those four walls, I peaceful, yeah. tranquil, dedicate the time to being a good husband. Sure. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I, I like I like how you answer that because I think a lot of people try and often give a, a politically correct answer, and I think the reality is that. It's very difficult to be absolutely in one thing or, or absolutely out of another thing. You know, we are thinking of various things during the day, and you know, one can be preoccupied. So, I think it's a nice way of looking looking at it. Talking about uh, the year ahead and talking more on, on the personal level uh, to start with, you we always ask this question of every guest we have to kind of get an insight into the personality. But if you had to go to one restaurant for the rest of your life, and you could only go to that restaurant. Which one would that be? Oh, I've um, I've had this question. What was your last meal on death row? Oh. Um, and I, I know it, and it's been the same for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fillet steak with pepper sauce, spinach and butternut chips, and I think owing to that, there are a number of good restaurants. However, one restaurant at the moment would be Patina mm-hmm. in Newlands. You know, they've thrown in another side option of risotto which jeepers compliments the meal although i, I walked out i walk out like a stuffed pig because i'm so full i eat it all it's my death row meal <laughs> yeah so that's it yeah there's nothing wrong with a good steak and chips so mm. i can certainly advocate for that um and as we look again to to 2020 and the year ahead what's what are the next big audacious uh, goals for for scotty um well look uh, there's two spheres here uh, there's the work side. Uh, I want to maintain that number one status. Third year running, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what I need to do in order to get there. Speak to us, sorry, just about that um, that accolade because it's it's a run to be very proud of. Um, tell tell the, the listeners as to what, what you've achieved for the last two years. Yeah, 2018, 20, 2018, yeah, 2019. Um, well, look, since I've joined up with Dan, mm-hmm. I only write risk business. You know, I pass over the investments to him. So I'm only writing risk business. So, you know, that was the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Then we got the AOK. So since then, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write risk business and uh, advise on that. Yeah. Um, I advise on the investments. And, you know, Dan manages that. So that's, that's it. So 2018 was good. I saw the most people. Therefore, again, that predictable process. Mm-hmm. If you see the people, have enough conversations eventually yeah. it becomes reality and, and in a formal sense the accolade or the award is called the award that you've you've achieved is it what what is the body or the um the the most insurance policies okay. sold yeah that's amazing and that's in south africa yeah? across the country that's across the country f- yeah. uh, for liberty and uh, the hereford group that's yeah fun. something to be very very proud of yeah i'm, I'm chuffed but again it, uh, it's not about the recognition, it's about seeing the people because that's the input, the output is the... Yeah, that'll take care of itself. Quite right. And tell me, for, for someone who's coming into this industry, someone who, if, if they were starting underneath you, if there was someone who is kind of, you had 20 minutes, half an hour with even less, what would be some of the key things that you would you'd say to someone like that who's, who's really just doesn't have the experience that you've, you've had so far? Um... I think in the, the training hasn't changed. The training is exactly the same. Um, our business is about people. Mm. So 
you got to go through the training of how to relate to people, mm. um, see the people, have the conversations. Um, again, that predictable process. Uh, the stats of if I see 10 people, uh, or if I make 10 phone calls, how many people answer? How many appointments do you set? Yeah. From those appointments, how many people say no? down to how many actually sign up. Mm. You know, you filter that down. Mm. So I don't think that training's changed. Trust the process. Uh, yeah. In fact, this morning, uh, one of our mentors, uh, on a mentor group suggested, well, here's a practical way of looking at your week. Okay. And you break up a Monday to Friday, hour by hour. Again, you can choose how hard or how slack you wanna work. But these are the hours in a week. And let's fill in cooking your breakfast, having your shower, training, mm. your smoke break, coffee breaks, your family time. Sure. Let's put the, all that in yeah. because those are your distractions. Yeah. And you'll still see on that calendar how much time is available mm. to see clients. So why not fill it up? I, it's pretty straightforward and simple to me. Yeah, I think this notion of productivity or how one gets there is, is interesting because I think as human beings, we're very good at finding uh, justified excuses for for not having seen as many people or being as productive as we can be um and it's an old saying that i love is excuses always sound best to the people who are saying them um you know to someone else your your excuse is an excuse um so it's yeah i, I think that's from every person that i admire that i've interacted with in business it's always been a case of there is no there are no excuses it's you know what you what you can do and it's up to you you know it's yeah. it's it's up to you to make it or not make it um i don't think talent is is as much of a requirement uh, uh, these days as what it might have been before i think it's the ability to be uh, resolute in your in your productivity mm. like you said cause and effect cause and effect and attitude i think attitude's a huge common denominator amongst anything yeah you know, if you look at all the celebrities, you look at all the successful guys, no matter what country, came down to attitude because they, they weren't given it. Yeah. Look, as an entrepreneur, I suppose, and, 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 and you're right uh, as well, is you're going to get said to a no, you're going to get said to no a lot of times. And I think what, what I admire again about the process and the journey that you've been on is, I suppose, more no's in the earlier days than now. But that's when your real resolve comes through and your your ability to, to stay on path and trust, as you said, the process. Um, you know, it's a lot of people, those no's justify changing tack to something completely different. So I think it's a, a huge feather in your cap of what the path that you've been able to maintain, even though there, there may have been a couple of no's along the way. And that's fine. I'm, I'm, you know, the belief is there. Um, you know, the longer you're in the business, you actually realize your worth and, and what you mean to people. You know, you're not only just selling an insurance policy, you're a counselor. Mm. Um, you're helping with all sorts of different things outside of your yeah. accredited competencies. Mm -hmm. um, I have no issue with the no's because that's cool. I, you know, I've asked a question, you've answered it. Mm -hmm. What does bug me is that you, they're offering help and then they go, they ghost. Mm. They don't say no, they don't say yes, they just hide and you're like, just say no so then I can put it aside. Yeah. I can move on. I think that's very fair. It's uh, even if it's not the answer that they know that you want to hear, no, exactly. at least there's a at least there's something you can move forward from it. Yeah. Um I think that's a it's a challenge which which many of of us and I suppose in the, in the world of being a supplier or a partner or whatever you want to call it face is that just wanting an answer. Um 
and sometimes we're as guilty of it on the other side as, as we, are, we want the answer ourselves. But um, I, I, I truly believe that, that that your attitude that you've shown and be able to maintain over these years has been a reason for your success because I think a lot of people, that deters them from pushing forward and keeping that productivity productivity going, you know. So, sure. yeah, hats off to you, man. Um, last question uh, from my side is... is you know what will twenty uh, twenty if we if we're sitting here in December, what what will what will have determined a successful year for for, for Scotty? I think it's outside of work environment. Mm -hmm. To be honest, um, work is work, but it, yes, it's entwined with life. Um, I don't want to focus on the numbers and and clients and policies and assets under management. Uh, my focus is actually the family side. I. My wife and I are very keen to have a child, so we're going to make sure that 2020 is our year to fall pregnant and, and have a child of our own. Can't wait to be a dad. Um, so that's probably the one focus. Yeah. We've got some nice things in the calendar socially. You know, we've got a couple of holidays, um, some offshore, some mm -hmm. locals, which yeah. excite us. You know, we've got a lot right on our doorstep Absolutely. um yeah little things hey rob uh, that i've jotted down you know you want to cook a different meal once a month something mm. out of a recipe book you want to spend a night in a hotel in your neighborhood mm. just to experience that you want to well these are the things i want to do um yeah i want to do 10 trail runs i want to be on the mountain you've got yeah. it might as well use it um so these are little things that i just jot down and, and guess what sometimes I get to them sometimes I read it in December 2020 yeah. and I'm like oh my goodness I forgot about that mm. however it's happened you know Just through the process. subconsciously it's happened because yeah. I've written it down yeah I fully it's weird that. eh yeah look that's how I found my wife I wrote stuff down on what I was looking for and it, it happened well there you go um I said the last question but I do want to ask one more uh we we're in a in a situation right now, I guess, in South Africa, where you've got a lot, quite a lot of uh, rather pessimistic people or, or negative people. I know I believe that you're one of those optimists out there that will always see the glasses as at least half full. Um, what's your answer to walking past a group of people that you can hear are, you know, not singing the praises of our country, are you know, pulling it down at every possible moment? What what what's your take on on, on on us as a collective going forward this year um you're right negative narration out there um i don't know i i, I dislike it mm. i am optimistic about it um looking and thinking that the grass is green on the other side not necessarily you know america's got their problems mm. uh the whole world's got their problems yes ours is bad but we're not the worst yeah. so embrace what we do have some people are so ungrateful mm. You know, if you want to take this lifestyle that you lead here and emulate it elsewhere, you won't be able to because you're not earning that currency. You're earning rands, you're spending rands, and it's affordable. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be negative, you want to slate South Africa, leave. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You're going to go to Canada and you're going to talk about the good old days in South Africa. They must go. Yeah. There's a lot of people coming here. I know some people coming out from England because our education systems are fantastic, mm -hmm. private care. And it's cheap for them, even though we think it's uh, expensive. Yeah. You know, but again, it comes down to the numbers. Um, the emotion is that you should stay. It's positive. We've got private sector that's that's good. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I fully agree. Scotty, thanks as always. Thanks for your time, and and as I've said throughout our chat, I think um, I think our listeners have an immense amount to learn learn from you. Um, we all have our, our strengths and our weaknesses, but I think what uh, what has been awesome to watch from the sidelines is is kind of how you've uh, progressed and 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 learned from those pretty tough things that you've been very kind to share with us. Um, and I just wish you an absolutely phenomenal 2020 and looking forward to having more chats along the way and sharing these little nuggets of information. So thanks very much. Thank you, Rob. Been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. That's it for today, guys. If this episode brought you value, please do subscribe to the podcast series. And for more information on building your organizational culture, visit us at rcaconsulting.biz. We'll see you in the next episode.